Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And that, in a two-minute nutshell, was our summer. But now we fast forward to tonight, live, in real time, when the soap opera gets to play out in front of the entire world. Brian Windhorst from ESPN.com is here. And this must be refreshing to have a new soap opera since basically people just draw on you for LeBron James as the authority since you've covered him since high school. And we'll get into the LeBron James-Paul Pierce thing, which I think was kind of brought up again. And some of the, there are so many million subplots on this night tonight. There's Jeff Green. There's so many of them. But we have not been able to be pulled away from Brad and Jen. He said, she said, give me right off the top an outsider perspective. Is Boston just being the jilted lover in their reaction to Ray? Um, no, I think they've got some reasons to be upset, and, and frankly, they offered him twice the money. Um, and one of the reasons why he didn't want to stay was because he didn't want to come off the bench, and here he is coming off the bench. Um, I think, really, to be honest with you, from my perspective, what we've heard publicly is obviously a tip of the iceberg between what was going on with Ray and the Celtics last year, and yet they still got within a game of going to the finals. Um, with all that was going on with Avery Bradley hurt and everything like that. So <laughs> when there was obviously chemistry problems within the team, it says even more about what they were able to accomplish last year. I think one of the things I really look at, and, and I've talked about that today about Ray Allen, let's put it in perspective and, and what it really was. Ray just basically felt like he was being disrespected by the team because of the possibility of being traded, by maybe Rondo and Paul sometimes blaming him for not being in the right place. There were times when he said he was isolated and get, got froze out. One of the things that Ray did not mention was the fact that he could not move really well to get open. So maybe he thought he was open, but he wasn't open because he wasn't moving as well with those bad ankles. I think there was a lot of problems there, obviously, but that definitely goes to show you just how well Doc Rivers did last year getting them where they were. Listen, Brian is right when he says this is the tip of the iceberg. There is much, much more to come because, by the way, Rondo hasn't said anything yet, and that's the operative word. Um, you have covered the NBA for so many years, and you've been around players who have things to say. We can Clearly, those of us can, can now read between the lines, can see when there are issues and when there are not. In Boston, the perspective is, Ray's still talking. Why don't you just shut up and move on? Is the sense you get here that he's just trying to get it out so it's over, or is this somebody who wants to keep talking about it? Well, I don't know Ray very well, so let me preface that with this. But I still think Ray's also trying to convince himself he made the right decision. Okay, because even yesterday, I don't have to have a psychology degree when he's talking about this ring ceremony. He goes, well, they beat us last year. Yeah. They being the Heat, us being the Celtics. I mean, I don't think this was a simple decision, and I don't think he's necessarily at peace with it yet. And also, he's gone through this preseason. He has, he's looked good. He's moved well. He has not shot well in this preseason. And the way this team is made up... I think Ray's looking at it and saying, you know what, I may not end up getting a whole hell of a lot of minutes here, and I, and frankly, if I don't turn it around a little bit, I may not even be on the floor at the end of the game. And so I think right now, I think Ray, just me reading it, knowing him for over the years and seeing what's happened this preseason, I think Ray is just trying to prove to himself that he made the right decision. And part of his, him talking to the media and expressing it, I think, is part of maybe the sell job even to himself again. 
Getting those demons out is, is always, I think, a thing a, a player does when he gets traded or he, he decides to go someplace else. Did I make the right decision? Knowing full well that the answer to this question not only could be, but likely will be different five years from now than it is tonight, let's pose the following. Max, I'll start with you, and then Brian's perspective is actually really interesting to me coming from where he comes from. Will Ray Allen's number be retired by the Celtics? No. I just don't think that uh, maybe the time that he's been there, I think that one of the things you look at when you say that, will Kevin Garnett's number be retired by the Celtics? There's no question. So if Kevin's would be retired, I just think that Ray's leaving – and the way it happened, it might be one of those things where you wouldn't retire. Wait a minute. You're saying that if you leave on bad terms that you might not one day be welcome back? If you happen? are shipped off, <laughs> and it might take him maybe 30, 40 years <laughs> to have his jersey retired. Well, Brian, we were talking about this before we started, and your sense of it is probably what most people with lack of emotion invested or common sense or basketball would say what? Again, this is an outsider, not a, not as part That's of the. That's why we're coming to you. Not, as, need not, an not as a member of the Celtic family. Ray Allen's one of the best shooters ever to play the game. He's the greatest three-point shooter we've ever seen. His career, he will be a Hall of Famer. His career was defined by his time in Boston. He raised a banner. I realize that this, this is the standard of raising banners. There's a lot of them up there. He raised a banner, and his name is on top of that banner. I mean, he is he is a, he a full equal partner. He was not the twelfth man. So to me. And I'm not saying it's going to happen uh, next year or a year after Ray retires, but, you know, in 2019, 2017, I think everybody will go back and say, ah, we didn't mean what we said in 2012, Ray's a part of the Celtics family. He's a New Englander. Uh, I just, if we're having this conversation in seven years, I'll be surprised. I think it's a no-brainer. All right, everybody save this tape. Uh, moving on to the Heat. Now, everything here tonight is 99% Ray Allen and 1% about the actual game. Additions and changes, again, everybody talks about Ray, but isn't the biggest difference between the way Miami starts the season this year and last year the fact that the best player in the world has finally embraced, it seems, the power forward spot, and it allows Miami to go small and dominate that way too. They've looked terrific in the preseason. Um, I know their record was 4-4, four and four, but if you watch him play, Bosch is playing very well in his role, basically as a perimeter player. Dwayne Wade's knee is dramatically better than it was last season. I'm not saying Dwayne's going to look good after a season of wear, but right now he looks like he did two or three years ago. And LeBron is facilitating playing inside, embracing that role. Basically, he's going to be playing point power forward, a, a position we've never seen anybody play in this league. He's going to play power, for, power forward defensively um, for most of the tough parts of the game, and he's going to play point guard offensively. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There was a guy named Magic Johnson. But did Magic Johnson power forward defensively? Power forward defensively. He guarded. There were times when he guarded me. But I I, I understand what you're saying. How'd you do against him? Pretty good. Exactly. (laughs) I wouldn't do against LeBron. But my my key to what LeBron has done is going to be this. Eventually he has to exhale. Because after you win the Olympics, after you get the weight of the world off of your shoulders, Skip Bayless dancing in your bedroom every night, (laughs) calling you the queen, I think that... He is, there's going to be a small hiccup with this team. And even tonight's game, it, normally it used to give you cupcakes when you played. You win a championship, <laughs> right. they give you a cupcake. There are no more cupcakes. It's all about ratings. And the team that wants to probably beat them more than any other team is across from them. I agree. And, and I think that when he came into training camp, he was moving at half speed. And I thought, 
I don't think the Heat are going to start this season out too well. I mean, Wade was coming off surgery. Ray was coming off surgery. LeBron took nine days off in the uh, offseason. Uh, Chris Bosh took almost the whole summer off, said he was just chilling. That's what he said he did this summer because of that injury he had last year. And I thought, you know, they're not going to start off very well, and they're going to get bombed on opening night. And then I watched them, and they looked terrific in the preseason. And I realized we've all been around this game a long time. What you do in October doesn't matter. But I'm just telling you, they blew me away with how good they looked in the preseason. So um, we'll see. I, I, you know, you're making, you're making common sense, and I agree with you, and I don't know how anybody can play like that. Tell them, tell them they did play Charlotte also in the preseason. I think <laughs> I, that, was a, that was another key to it. I mean, I could have looked tremendous against Charlotte, I think. <laughs> I see your point. But I'm just, I'm just saying I was surprised how good they looked, considering this is a team that had let down written all over them. I looked at the start of their schedule. They have to go to the West Coast, uh, you know, in a week and a half. I was like, you know, they could start five and five without really blinking. And but then I just saw them play, and, and we'll see how it goes tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, the Celtics are obviously highly motivated, but they looked pretty impressive to me in the preseason. Uh, America, popular culture, sports culture now. Tear them down, tear them down, tear them down. And if they somehow survive the suffering and survive the beating and win and gain redemption then they become almost the ultimate hero do you sense being around them from a media standpoint as much as anybody in the world that there was a big part of really wanting to be loved and wanting to be that guy that lebron has finally been able to sort of realize i just think he doesn't have to live every single moment under the pressure of can he do it and if, if he'd have a three-game losing streak he's not going to have to deal with it as much if, uh, you know, if they have a bad month or something like that or they get the two seed, it's not going to be as suffocating as it was in the past because he's proven he can do it. You know, I, Doc has talked about that. He, you know, he said yesterday he looks more comfortable in his own skin. It looks like he can breathe. Uh, Greg Popovich said that in the preseason. He just looks like he's more relaxed. These are some of the best guys in the minds in the game, and I agree with him. I think he's more relaxed, and I think that's just taken a weight off him. He has a margin of error now. He didn't have a margin of error before. Before it was, you got to win, and you got to win riding a white horse down the center of the court. <laughs> well, he did. He, he Not only not only did, did they win the title, he was the MVP of the finals. He was tremendous in the Olympics. He's done it, and I think that takes the burden off. It doesn't mean come May and June, it won't be right back on top of him, but he doesn't have to live that way in the regular season, no matter what Skip Bayless or anybody else yeah. says. There's no doubt about it, and, and I truly believe that that is the case with him because Sean said it best when he said game six in Boston was that this is this is your time to take the pebble from my hand. And LeBron James came in and did what I thought and Sean thought he could do and eventually what he thought he could do, dominate in the most important game of his career, I think, even more than the championship. Absolutely. Being down in the sixth game in Boston Garden and winning that game there, that to me, I think, has set him far beyond and on a level now on the train that is going forward. Look, Celtics fans have gotten to witness it firsthand. They saw his last year in Cleveland, almost exact same situation. Cavs are the favorite team. Celtics jump ahead to everyone's surprise, 3-2. They come home. LeBron couldn't handle it, and he played okay. He couldn't determine the outcome of the game. Two years later, going through a huge fire down here in Miami, same situation. Celtics, 3-2, playing well, coming back home. Looks like it's done. The difference in LeBron James was the reason why his team won the series. It wasn't because he had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. It was because of the difference in LeBron James. And the Celtics fans can see that, yeah. uh, you know, firsthand they got to watch it. 
if they instead of saying what do they have to do to win this year, what happens that Miami doesn't win this year? Listen, I think the Celtics are a really good team. This is a team that at the end last year, how many players could they count on? Three? I mean, and at game seven, KG just broke down. I mean, when they finished the game, they had like two and a half players. This is you a don't team. think Greg Steemsma is a quality center <laughs> for the Eastern Conference? Uh, well, in the Eastern Conference, when you, when you qualify like that. I just think the Celtics are so much more deeper and dynamic, yes. and I think they're the only team that touches them in the East. I, I respect the Bulls. I disagree completely with uh, the idea that Derrick Rose is going to spring back out on the court in January and February like Adidas wants us to believe. I think this is a rebuilding year uh, for him. But I just think it's Celtics and Heat, and this is going to be the beginning of what could be 10 games, 11 games a season. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.